Hello, 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 my beautiful, beautiful listeners. This is, of course, Bonnie Jean for The Identity Guru, back for another episode in my four-part season finale. Well, really, they're four separate episodes, but they're all being aired in the same time. <sighs> Today, I am pleased to bring with you an idea and a balance of quietness and i selected this song because the guest today kara mccoon she is a new friend that i made this year and she's a brilliant talented human being that is working to help people find the quiet within themselves and be sustained physically and mentally and she's just an all-around good person. And we had an amazing conversation. And we just kept talking and talking. And, and I can tell you that if we had not put a kibosh on it, I uh, we might have been talking for four hours. <sighs> but she's just a great person. And the song that I chose is Quietness by my friend, Michelle Arezaga, who is an opera singer, a soprano, and a great talent. And I finally had a space, a, an episode who's who needed a song by Michelle. I've been wanting to include her music in the podcast for a long time, but none of these songs quite fit the episodes, or I should say none of the episodes quite fit her songs, because of course, as a soprano, this style of music is very different. And one of the things I do want to do with this show is highlight different styles of music. And I'm really glad I had the opportunity to bring this song to the forefront with this episode with Kira. And it fits so perfectly with what Kira and I were talking about because it is really about quieting our souls and being one with ourselves and that's what this episode's about so without further ado i am just going to get to it and let you listen to the conversation without having to listen to more of me <laughs> on that note have a beautiful day and enjoy whatever comes next Christian author Jeff S. Bray brings you his latest novel, The Transference, a crime suspense thriller about a team of detectives in search of a serial killer that won't die. Visit his website for more information on this book and others he has written. Visit Jeff S. Bray author today. That's jeffsbrayauthor.com. Thank you for your support. Hello, 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 beautiful listeners. Ah, oh, I'm so excited to be looking in screen at this beautiful young woman I'm with uh, today, uh, Kira McCown, as I hope I pronounced it right. I discovered her in this, I'm going through this adult sex ed program for my new author for my publishing company who's got this amazing book that'll be out next year. Shh. That's the most I'm saying about it right now, but she does these adult sex ed classes that are about being in tune with your sexuality. And I met beautiful Kira in this sex, adult sex ed class. 
and we've shared some TMI information. But what's more important is well, who she is as a business owner and a and a just a kick-ass woman in the world. And she does work in somatics, which I'd never heard of before meeting her. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are before we just jump into conversations? Yeah, totally. Happy to. Um, and that, it, it, the answer to that changes like every single time I have a conversation with people. Um, and so since you since you started with uh, somatics, uh, there are a lot of versions of somatics. So like somatics is just uh, an opportunity to experience oneself from within. Right. It's, it's a very it's a very simple sort of a, a idea here. So if you think about like um, somatic therapy, a therapist would like bring you into a situation like in a memory and have you sense and feel internally what it's like to be you in that situation. And then you can, you know, do whatever it is you do in somatic therapy. I've never done right. somatic therapy. I don't know. Um, I have an idea. I've read about it, but check it out if that sounds interesting to you. I do somatic movement. So my background is, you know, uh, basically conscious functional fitness training, a lot of other certifications, including Pilates, um, standing Pilates for uh, older populations, um, cycling, cardio kickboxing. Um, but then uh, a few years ago, I got in 2018, I became certified in clinical essential somatics, which is a very, very slow movement modality that essentially helps people feel how their body is moving um, at the level of their nervous system, really feeling like what is there that I'm not asking to be there, right? And, and let me, what would it be like to release that and what would that free up? Um, and so uh, since I started out in fitness and I still work, I still largely do fitness, um, I bring in a somatic perspective in the world of fitness so that people are instead, instead of dissociating from their bodies, right? Go, go hard or go home, pound yourself into the ground kind of mentality. It's more like using the movement to really connect to your body and to yourself um, in, a, in a really profound way. Um, so yeah, so that's what I do professionally inside of my company, Comfy Fitness. Well, I know yeah. you had a, a launch this last week, and I had the beautiful opportunity to attend one of the, the intro classes on Saturday. And it wasn't what I expected. Not that I had any idea what to expect. I mean, like I went in going, I wonder what this is. I was going to ask like what your <laughs> expectation was, because everybody looks at me and like, oh, you're teaching a fitness class. And, and I get that. And I, you know, I, I am always I, I think it's really funny when people come into that class and they're like, oh, this is what you're doing. So yeah, yeah tell me about that. I, I didn't think fitness. I was thinking more yoga um, that, that was in line with yoga. And it is to some degree, but not exactly. It's like yoga meets belly dance meets something. And I don't know what the something is. <laughs> of course, I wasn't prepared to like really do it the right way on Saturday. So I just, I, as I told you, I was observing. Um, but what I felt was very relaxed, even just observing it and, and having done belly dance for 15 years, like I got the same sensation from the belly dance. It's very relaxing, very core centered. So, I mean, belly dance deals with the chakras 
and mm. like the different release modes in the different parts of the body like your head has different things that have different stressors your mouth has different stressors your heart your 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 chest area your stomach your abdomen your you know the different chakras of your body control the different aspects of who you become and so it, it was when you were talking about the shoulders and, and rolling them in and how this this holds in these other things and you know how when you're when you walk around with your shoulders hunched it's like when you're cooking or when you're doing work at the computer and then when you release it you feel better and and I just was like oh that's very fascinating and and because in in belly dance like when you're talking about it from a um in tuning your life, balancing your existence perspective, not just getting out there and looking pretty dancing. Totally. Uh, talk about that balance and how if you're not balanced and aligned in your chakras, then you feel things stronger. And I got to tell you, I, I, my chakras are so out of alignment. Uh, I didn't realize that belly dance was so prof was so profound, um, first of all. So thank you for sharing that with me. Um, and now you've made my curiosity peak in the world of belly dance. Um, <laughs> and I might actually start checking it out because um, that sounds cool as hell, first of well, all. You have to Go be ahead. careful. There are some that are Americanized fitness. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not the same as, you know, Eastern culture belly dance. And the one I found that I like the best is Dolphina's. She is Western culture, but she's tried really hard to adhere to the principles of the Eastern culture. So she she's translated it for Western culture in a way that you get the Eastern culture, but you can understand it from a Western culture. So mm -hmm. she's a really, and she does it for fitness, but also for being in tune, but I've met other instructors. Um, and I did one of my papers in grad school on the communication of belly dance, actually. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing I thought the moment that you said that you compared it to belly dance, which I'd never heard somatic movement compared to belly dance before. Um, I thought like, well, it is very luxurious right? The movements themselves, they can start to become, especially when you find that flow inside of your body, everything. And, and as the somatics move, because you were in an introduction to somatics, there are movements in somatics called like wash rag and propeller and boomerang that are huge movements that are cat-like and like open and stretch you out in these massive luxurious ways and you you connect all of those ancillary parts all the way to the center and right. and and that's really like that's the juice of it right when you start to get to those those levels of uh of somatic movement uh and you get to feel that energy just really like whoosh like flow through your body uh in such an incredible and uh I don't know I just think it's like a sensational kind of a way and, and I just thought of what the third thing that something else is martial arts or karate because I'm thinking karate kid how he would wash the cars what? yeah tai chi is what I always compare it to I tell people I was like well if you've ever seen tai chi you you might think it looks like that yeah. Um, it's just super slow, really precise movements, but precise and relaxed and soft. So those two things, I think living in one space can be a real, are, am I allowed to curse on this? 
Yeah, I don't care. Give me a real mind fuck for people, you know? <laughs> this isn't, you know, podcasts aren't regulated by the FCC yet. Okay. We we get some power to say whatever we want. So uh yeah. people. <laughs> you know, I'm here for it. Uh yeah, no, I I yeah, I, I like I'm thinking of the forms of taekwondo or the forms tai chi is a perfect example and and you know, martial arts, you know, people think of martial arts as, you know, like what Bruce Lee brought to the American world is just the, the kickboxing and the fighting. And, you know, that's not really the, the core of what martial arts is. The core mm-hmm. is the discipline of movement. And whether you're talking about, a, if you look at a martial arts fight, there's a discipline in the fight. There's like, it, it's handled very different than say a boxing match or mm-hmm you know, or something along those lines. And it's just this beautiful, you know, it, it, it almost reminds me of the video games sometimes where it's like, you take your turn, I'll take my turn. And we go, <laughs> I mean, it's not that simple, but it is that simple. Like, you know, there is this back and forth, like you take your shot, then I'll take my shot, then you take your shot. And it's mm-hmm. like, Video. It's almost like an exchange of energy. Yes, yes. Right, and yeah. and so so because you know I I've done so, I've done some martial arts, but again I I when I did do martial arts, I definitely think I did a westernized version, um, and it was you know above all like win kind of uh, mentality like even if you get sloppy even you know figure it out and win and I do think that so many of these these practices like yoga like martial arts I can speak much more to yoga than I can to martial arts because I have a lot more experience in yoga not that I'm an instructor or anything just obviously when you're in the movement and fitness industry you're just like yoga is just everywhere and so you know you start to experience this whole big spectrum of it and recognize like, oh, this is how Western culture has really kind of peeled these ideas off, made them their own, turned them around and produced them to like, they basically stick it to people's pain points, right? Right. Like, oh, do you need to lose weight? Then you need this, right? And it's like some sort of like yoga that had nothing, you know, nothing to do with weight loss, um, you know, initially, uh, I mean, I've taken a yoga class where there were like dumbbells involved. And I was like, this is, I like, I've never, I don't think I've ever wanted to walk out of a class so hard <laughs> before. I, uh, I tried yoga the first, I've only done like yoga once or twice. And I tried yoga when I tried yoga, I did it through a video. And so I'm doing this yoga and I have body issues, like mobility issues. So my knees and and that it's hard for me to get down on the ground. It's hard for me to do certain things, but this video didn't accommodate any of that. So it's telling me to do these things. And of course, this is back when I was less, had less problems with my mobility. I could get down on the ground. It was just hard to get up, you know, things like that. So I'm down on the ground on my hands and knees doing the thing, trying to turn my head to see what they're doing. And I'm like, this hurts. Why would anyone do this? It, yeah. Because I wasn't supposed to be looking at the screen. I, my, my head was in the wrong angle. I couldn't see the screen to know what I was supposed to do. And I'm like, well, maybe if I was in a live class. And so I did try a yoga once in a live class. And I, I, but that was years later when my mobility wasn't as good. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. 
Though mm-hmm. I've been told that there are lighter versions of yoga that are are more for people with mobility issues. You know, because in in India and in in the in the Eastern world, yoga has different forms for different phases of life, mm-hmm. aspects of life, and different body types. And we don't in the Western culture include that. We, no. we incorporate that in. It's 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 for for weight loss. It's for it's not for relaxation. It's not for flex. It's for flexibility. It's for weight loss. It's to change yeah. something about you. Right, right. Uh, and, yes. and not that those things don't come from doing even in the Eastern world. It's that the mentality of the Eastern world is you find your balance and everything else will come. Where you know, and that's interesting because we were talking about you know in the Western world how we are taught in our society to find your passion and your interest and the money will, you know, the West, the Eastern mentality is find your balance and it'll come. And so I, I, I just, it just clicked for me from that conversation that of course you all weren't privy to my, my beautiful listener. Oh yes. We already had, uh, you know, an inspiring (laughs) genius conversation before even hitting the record button. Yeah. yeah. Um, But Um, no, I love that connection that you just made. And I'm so glad that I got to be here as you made that connection, because I'm always looking for like, how am I like, how am I being conditioned because of you know the fishbowl that we're swimming in right Right. yeah Um, and and so just even hearing you say that and bringing myself back to this this just just the other day and I already shared this with you um just the other day I I basically said like this whole follow your passion and the money will come thing is a lie Well, I mean, I do think that there's some truth in if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And yes, I mean, like I love writing, I love communicating, I love talking, you know, having conversations, networking. So like the work I do with this podcast and my writing, I don't feel like I work because I love it. But totally. Yeah. Oh, that's what I, you know, and that's what I meant. Like I show up joyfully, energetically. <laughs> I am inspired by my clients. I am inspired by my work. And like, like where, where that money? <laughs> you know? like, I've gotten to a point where I've become a little, um, I've just become really, really forward about that, you know, whereas before it was like, well, Kira, you know, if this is, if this is truly your passion and you, you want to think about your impact, think about like how you're right. impacting or blah, 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 blah. But I'm making $25,000 a year. How much better could I impact the world if I didn't have this like stressor of, um, well, I'm not making enough money you know, and gratefully, like I'm in a marriage situation now, whereas for, you know, many, many years I wasn't, and I was really scraping. And that's, that's an even bigger concern, right? Which is where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is where so many of us who do this, like follow your passion thing, uh, wind up because the incentives in our system are completely wrong place, you know, and, um, and so it's, it's a real, it's a real, like, I don't know, kick in the ass when you're, when you're following all the rules, when you're doing everything that you're like, you say that you're told is like, this is how you get where you want to be and blah, blah, blah. 
And then you're, you're there and you're doing it and you're doing it with integrity and you're doing it with all of the things that like, mm -hmm. like, you know, are right and righteous and all of the stuff and, and, and the results like financially, like, and I'm talking specifically financially, right. just don't arrive. Well, I, I went to this therapist once and she looks at me and dead serious. She's like, I, she's like, I don't know why you're here. You're fine. You're obviously fine. Your problem is you need a full-time job. Why don't you get a full-time job? And I'm like, first of all, okay, apparently I'm much more higher functioning than you because I'm not fine. I'm barely operating at my 50%. And whether that's higher than your hundred percent, I don't know, but to be functioning at least at my 80 to hundred percent or better. I go, I can't be functioning at 50%. And B, I have a full-time job. It's just not a traditional full-time job. You know, yeah. I work full-time. And, and it's like, I'm trying to build a company and a business and a, and, and a legacy of a something legacy. for betterment of society. And it, it's not about the money. It's I'm, I've never been, like, I would like to have enough money to you yeah. know, just hop on a plane and go wherever I want in the world, whenever I want. I I, I have this beautiful passport that has no stamps in it because I, I want to travel the world. And, you know, I, I got it extra thick because I plan to travel. But I, I also think that like we are conditioned as women too to doubt our worth. And for many years, I would do a lot of free work. And someone told me mistakenly, like people, if you're listening and you want to start a business, do some free work, go and donate your time to charities and do free work for people because then you'll get clients out of that. No, you'll get people who want you to do free work out of it. Mm -hmm. so I got stuck in this cycle for five years where I was constantly doing donation of services for these charities. And it took me a long time to break free from that. And I, the one I was really embedded in, I finally looked at her and said, look, I give you what would probably, if I were to bill you, you'd be paying me 20 grand a year for what I do for you. I can't do that anymore. I have, right. I can't give all of me to a company that doesn't even say thank you to me. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so it, it definitely, I've now got to the point where I will say to somebody, you know, I at least need my expenses covered. I cannot do this for free. I would like to make a little profit too, but at least, you know, um, I'm still kind and I still, you know, have a, 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 a sliding scale because I believe that, you know, people who are starting out are in a different place than people, you know, it should match, you know, I'm about equity as opposed to equality. Well, absolutely. But yeah, equity um, and equality, but yeah, they're, they're, they are, uh, you know, they're, they're different and, and yeah, they yeah. work together very nicely when, when you utilize mm -hmm. them together, but yeah, we're the same. I mean, we, we have a $0 option on, on, on our membership because we want people to have access to what it is we're offering, regardless of what their financial situation is. And, you know, what I keep finding the situation I keep finding myself in with that kind of value is that we're operating in in a paradigm that like the world around us is not operating in and so you know when the world around us says go get a real job you know you know sell yourself to this corporation 
uh, sell your time to this corporation. And that's how you get by in this world, you know, actually changing anything, actually shifting the way the world works or the systems that we, we have just come to accept is not the workable way to live. And, you know, I, I'm also a political organizer and activist, and I largely have it that that is not the bug. It is the feature. And so, you know, you see all of these, um, just these, these, even looking at um, little mom and pop shops and how they are, you know, getting taken over by these massive corporations. Mm -hmm. And now the internet corporations have taken over, like, you know, some of the, you know, bigger stores, uh, even that, you know, it's, it's just the, it's just like big fish eats the bigger fish eats the bigger fish. And then, um, and then we're all this like, uh, like homogenous society that's just like, yes, corporate overlords, we will do whatever you, you know, tell us to do so that we can, you know, so that we deserve healthcare and so that we deserve, you know, mental health and, and we don't go to jail and we, you know, all of these things that, that, uh, that we've just been conditioned to live inside of and, and, and things that we're, I've been told to get a real job. God knows how many times. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. I mean, and I do teach at the community college and I love teaching. I mean, but, um, and I love my students when, you know, this semester I'm not teaching though. I have no classes and I'm like, Oh, I feel like th there's a different release of stress with that. And yeah. part of me that's like, I like this. And then there's part of me that really misses my students. I, I think I miss my students, but I don't miss all that comes with the teaching, like the grading and and all of that um and 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 the and the busy work that we have to do and the paperwork and I don't miss any of that but I miss the students and so I'm I, I you know so it's like it's torn I I'm torn about you know want to stay teaching long term or not or if I want to um or or shift it like I think I want to do more teaching in my own company and teaching like what you do and that kind of, not necessarily somatics but writing of course right 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 but you know you have that teaching background right you know and I, I think yeah. that one of the things that allowed me to shift to the online world in the world of fitness so easily is I did 10 years of group fitness um you know down in downtown Chicago right. and so I already had like a group fitness background I knew like and there's so much that goes into that that's just different from like knowing the body it's kind of it's kind of crazy like how do you keep a group engaged how do you make sure that everybody's doing okay inside of the space and that that translated over really seamlessly into um, into the the virtual world, and I I would assert that teaching in a classroom is probably very very similar. Well, right, and and mm -hmm. I I also went through a training like I got certified in online teaching specifically. So oh, awesome, yeah. Course, so like, and I I have I actually do have an online course series that I've I've started. I'm just still working on getting the platform because the platform I'd originally chosen is not a they're, they're not very user friendly and they're, they're not customer service friendly. And then I finally figure out how to upload the video and get it there. And then I find out my video is too big because there's nothing that told me ahead of time, the maximum size of the video until I go to upload it. And I'm like, really? So I'm just like, <laughs> so we, we created these videos a year and a half ago. Um, 
and we like I paid for a year a hundred dollars a month and then they want to raise it to 140 dollars a month and I'm oh, yeah I'm like so I, I I have it as free I went to cancel and now I have it as free through November and I and I'm like yeah but I I, I think I know where what site I want to go to and it's not that one it's less expensive each month and I don't need bells and whistles. I just need it to be available for people. So, um, yeah, I kind of like, I kind of feel like I had a very similar situation and I'm, I'm tempted to be like, which platform was it? I I don't have a problem talking about it. The platform was Thinkific. Um, Oh, Thinkific. Okay. Yeah. I've I've used that platform too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's nice, but it's just, it's, they want too much money and like trying to get help was was difficult and so i i actually know people that are on another site podia that really love it and really it's really super simple and i'm using it for of course we're using it for for this adult sex ed class and i really like how it is from the student perspective it's really super simple to use now i don't know what it looks like when not everything is revealed like i have she opened up since she's i'm working with her for the book and the you know, my going through the course is in tune with having the background and understanding the material so I can help her write the book better. Um, she opened up the whole course for me ahead of time. So I was reading course when most people are just doing one week at a time. Like yeah, I'm doing one week at a time. And right. it's, it's actually lovely. Like uh, I get an email just alerting me every time and it keeps me paced. Um, and, you know, I, I think I'm like a week behind, but I, I keep caught up because of the email reminders, the automations, and it's really easy to toggle between email and going to the website. So yeah, I mean, my, my user experience of it has been good. Ding. And this has been an advertisement for, I don't even know what platform it was. <laughs> <laughs> Podia. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, I'll take that, um, check now mr podia yeah, exactly. i don't know who runs it i'm sure their name isn't even podia <laughs> Product so placement. So and i mean and welcome to the world of having an online business you know it's it's uh like it is uh i feel like anytime you do you, you know you're a person who's doing things online there is a language among us that like you know when we're talking about platforms and the capabilities of platforms and what does it sync with and all of the like yeah, what yeah. platforms can you use and what vendors does it you know does it interchange intersect with and it's just like oh my god who have i become and i you know <laughs> i'm just an aerobics instructor people like i don't even know oh you are not just I know, I know, I know. I, 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 I can't ahead. stand that word. That's one of two words I want eliminated from the, the English language, you know, because it yeah. means a person so much. Uh yeah, no, I it's it's one of it's kind of like the uh uh, like backhanded thing I say whenever I, you know, do, cause I do a political show uh, online on Tuesday nights. And, uh, you know, every time I go on like, uh, you know, a rant and particularly a rant that is like just really well supported by like evidence or, or, you know, uh, you know, history, I'll say, but what do I know? I'm just a fitness instructor. <laughs> you know? well, well, I, I might want to be on that show because I have thoughts. You should see, you should read my blog. I have an academic blog where I, I'm very controversial in some of my articles. Um, and I, I do it 
and, and I, I'm not just anything. I'm a trained sociologist <laughs> in mass, you know, in mass trauma and identity. And I look at how it all fits together and, and it's just, it's, it's fascinating, but like, like, um, so I wouldn't say I'm just any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's, there's certainly a, there's certainly a background, uh, in, in, in your, uh, you know, more formal academic education. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I would say, like, you know, my, my interest in politics. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I did go to school, um, for television, radio, uh, uh, broadcast with a focus in journalism. You know, and I interned in D.C. because I thought that. I was going to go into a journalistic sort of a space. And um, I didn't really feel like I fit in with my classmates there that well. And so I was like, well, obviously this place isn't for me, <laughs> right? And so, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, at the age of 19, you know, that, that kind of would make more sense. You know, I think now I would probably be in that situation and be like, well, I'm going to make it mine, you know, <laughs> and, exactly. and yeah. you know, um, but my interest in politics, you know, started at a pretty young age. And that's really where a lot of my, my background for, you know, where my values lie and, you know, what I believe would be the most workable kind of system, um, comes from uh and less so from like maybe a more formalized uh education <laughs> but um but you know sociology was always one of my really big interests in college and because I was a communications major I had this opportunity to take all kinds of other electives and I was actually like three credits away from having a sociology minor because so many of my the electives that I ended up choosing were yeah. inside of the world of sociology because it interested me so greatly. It's just, it's just unfortunate. I had nobody ever to guide me and say, you know what, you seem to be interested in this thing. Maybe you should like check that out. You know, I was like, yeah. I don't know, a minor in German because I'm from Germany. Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know what I was doing half the time. And I think that when I went through, when I fumbled my way through school, um, I think I made some decisions that worked well. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, that, that whole guidance piece would have been, um, super duper helpful. <laughs> well, I have the guidance, but, but I still fumbled through, uh, <laughs> I have my second master's is in communication with focus in media and public relations. So I, so we have some similarities, uh, yeah, wow. my, my, my original thought was to be a photojournalist, you know, my photography and take pictures and do journalism. So I am still, I am, I do journalism. I mean, this, this podcast is like a journalistic, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it's journalism of, of a sort. Um, so it's your podcast. So it's like, yeah. now that I'm not in it, I, I can get a press pass. A portion of my money is used from writing articles and, and I can do that. And, and one of these days I'm actually going to get around to doing it. It's just, it's, it's in my pile of things to do. And <laughs> I, yeah. I have one of those too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. And it, it, it just seems to grow and get bigger. And then I go through it and go, this thing is expired. It will never. <laughs> so I wait so long. Things are obsolete. Um, but, <laughs> you know, when I was a little girl, I was fascinated with politics too. My, my, my dream my dream career from a very early age was to be a writer and the president of the United States <laughs> and a mom, but uh -huh, uh -huh, mom uh -huh. thing. Well, that's another discussion. That's for another podcast. <laughs> but like, so I am a writer. Of course, I was discouraged at, at doing the writing for my mother. I, so I didn't really start it at professionally until about 10 years ago. 
I did other aspects of communication um, with my company uh, when I first started it, research and, and photography. Oh, okay, cool. The, the writing, the really focus on writing and editing. I mean, I was doing editing before that, but the real focus in writing was about 10 years ago now. Um, no, maybe more than that. What year are we in? 2022. I graduated with the master's in communication in 2009. So it was right after that. So I guess, wow, that's like 11 years ago. <laughs> 12 years ago. Time it does fly. Oh, 13 years ago. Because it was right after that, that my friend, um, I, I started doing stuff for a few years, you know, here and there. And I went through the AWAI training in writing, like about 2010. And then a friend of mine from grad school, she was working for a company doing academic writing. And in 2014, she brought me on as their exclusive writer, uh, freelance exclusive exclusive freelance writer um they had a writer on staff too but then they but they needed they needed more so I was doing writing for them and it was all market writing so it was like the same thing over and over again and I just like I did it for like a year and a half and just it's not what I like I like writing and I'm, I'm now doing things like helping people write their memoirs and their and their business memoir books and and there's tell their stories and that's really what my niche is and actually this course I've created is a course on how to you know it's a self-coaching method so I'm you know I'm a creativity coach I coach people through writing a book so I'm basically using those techniques and scaling it down to the bare bones now if I personally coach you there's a whole lot more I would do because your individual um style and needs would shift up what I have you do and how I would coach you yeah. at the show. But there are still some fundamentals that are that are going to be used with everybody no matter what. So I guide people through the fundamentals and you know this first course it's a three-part course. So we've we've filled I've done the first part part one of the three-part course which has five modules in it so it's like it's a 15 module course that when people go through the whole thing they will write a entire book with branding wow, and marketing cool. so yeah so it's it's writing a book with branding in mind because like let's be real you want if you write a book you want to sell it you want it to of course brand. yeah and it's you know whether your brand is you personally telling a story to change the lives of others or your brand is your company, you know, you want to to put your company out there and, and or your or your theory out there or whatever your brand aspect is. So I'm like, I'm gonna use that media and public relations training and I'm gonna help. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yep. yeah, yeah. it is interesting how all of the threads come together. You know, yes, you know, like yes. there's so much, you know, when I decided that I didn't, cause I moved to, after I interned in DC and I finished out my schooling, I moved to Los Angeles and I worked in television and I did that for two years. And I, you know, I was just like, well, I'm not really passionate about this. So I'm going to leave. And, and in my mind, I was like, well, there, you know, there goes that like degree that I spent all that time on and no, 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 no. Like, you know, knowing how to set up lights and knowing how to edit video and you know put appropriate music to it and like doing all that stuff has paid off big <laughs> you know especially in today's day and age you know so it, it is yeah. interesting you know I work in the world of movement and fitness but boy oh boy did that degree pay off uh 
well and, and yeah i started when i was in college doing layout and design you know that now this is before we have the programs now that make it super easy right exactly design mm -hmm. um well easy in a different way i was doing layout and design in like word perfect okay like and you look at my designs and they were really kick ass and so I don't want to do it. I don't, and like I could learn InDesign and, you know, people that use InDesign, they are like flawless at it. And I could learn it and be flawless at it. I don't want to learn it. Like I, I realize now that I don't want to know those programs. I don't want to do layout and design. I don't want to do that. I want to, but because I've done it before, I know, I know what a designer needs when I give instructions in a, in a document for them to do the layout and design. I know that they need instruction on ABC or DFG, you know, so the, all everything that you do, like, people, do people ever tell you, you do too much, you like, you learn about too many oh, things. Man, you when find people, your niche and, and focus only on that. Yes, I, I get it a lot. And you know what, when people say it, I get where they're coming from, because there is a lot. And at the same time, like I, there's just so many of those pieces are just so much me that I'm just like, okay, well, like, that's just who I am. You know, I, I love all of these things. And so mm -hmm. I need to have a hand in them. Um, right. So yes, I get that all the time. And I probably show up to it the, in a similar way that you do. <laughs> yeah. And well, I like, cause I'll be at an event and people will go, you do that too. And they say it like, literally I had, they say it with an insult. Like, you know, there, I was at a council meeting for something recently and they were having a conversation about something. And I knew like I did costume, they were talking about costume design and I did costume design in college. I was a theater minor. Like it was, yeah. awesome. <laughs> I loved it. And I learned how to sew because of it. So I asked her a question. Like, I just really wanted to know the answer to the question. And then this other woman was like, you just know about everything, don't you? I go, I go, no, I don't know about everything, but I know about a lot of things because I, I learn. And, yeah. and, and so then she got all on, you know, and, and it was just very frustrating because like, I just, I believe if you want to learn about it, learn about it. If you want to put your hand in it, do it. Like there should be no limit to knowledge and you want to have a conversation and you're, you know, part of networking and getting to know people is, talking about the things. So if you over, if you're in a room with a group of people and two people are talking about something that you have some knowledge in and you want to partake in the conversation, what are you supposed to do? Sit there and wait for them to invite you not knowing that you're interested in it. So right. you find a moment to interject a, a question. And if they're receptive, you stay in the conversation. If they're not, you step out of it. It's super, that's how networking works. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, and I, I find myself, I find myself doing that quite naturally in, in most situations, whether it's like, I am in a networking situation or I'm at a bar, you know, hanging out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I overhear something or somebody says something funny. I'll like laugh and be like, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I've been in restaurants and then I start talking to the people at the table next door uh, because uh -huh. I hear them talking about something. And I go, you know, I was <laughs> where the nails, I've given my card out to so many people at the nail salon because we, we get on 
Now, whether they ever call me or not, that's a different story. But yeah, but that that those little connections. Well, first of all, I do think it is what makes people who work uh, in a in a solo kind of a fashion. I mean, you know, we work with teams in some capacity, but like, you know, we're 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 not going to an office. We're not, right. you know, like that sort of like environment. It, it, I think that that is a trait while it's not like maybe natural for a people like for everybody who becomes an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, it certainly is a helpful um, way right. of being, or I would even say skill, because I think that you can learn um, that way of being if you're not naturally like gregarious or, you know, wanting to engage with people. Um, for me, largely what, what I've had to let go of um, in, in that way, like if, if I feel like I, I have an autumn, an easy in because something just naturally arises, I have no, I have no issue doing that. Sometimes I find myself putting myself, like putting pressure on myself to be that person when something isn't naturally arising. Yes! And that's like, that's when I really fuck myself up where I'm just like, oh, I'm sweating. I need to be like charming and engaging like all the time. Well, and, like, and, 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 and it's funny because I can completely relate to that. And there are times where it's like, wait, I'm not here at this point to be part of their thing. There's not a natural way in just... <laughs> They, you know, so, so I've been really learning and teaching myself over the last few years, how to tell the difference about when people would be receptive before I interject, mm-hmm. you don't get treated with, you know, whatever. Um, and, and also recognize that those boundaries, like we talk about so often, you know, like there are times where I'm, I'm somewhere to have lunch. I want to be by myself having lunch and I don't need to interject with other people like, you know, and Unless I feel like, oh my gosh, if I don't, this is going to be an opportunity I miss. I'm I'm learning to just button the mouth and say, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm I'm not. I don't need to save everybody or or do anything for other. I, I need to do for me at times, and sometimes I just need a break and have lunch all by myself. Yeah, oh, not talking to anyone. Yep, I you know I. I definitely have to tell myself those things too. Or, you know, one of the other things is uh, for me is like, uh, not, not, not everybody like needs to be like, you know, I, I would love to invite everybody into the folds of my business. Right. But it's like, you know, sometimes people will be talking about an issue that they're dealing with that I know that my product answers to. And that like, I'm always navigating like, do I say, well, I could, I could probably help you. Right. Or do I, or do I just be and listen? Right. Right. And, and to actually like navigate that is also an interesting space to be in because, you know, I think that there's a lot of value to doing either. And it's like a, it's a choose your own adventure where there really is no wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there, there are, you know, you, and, and the thing I like to avoid is I don't like anyone ever thinking I'm, I'm somewhere just to sell them my business. Yeah, absolutely. I'm never there for that. Like if someone wants to hire me, great. And, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, all, my clients become my friends. They become part of my family extended wise that, you know, like to different levels, of course, based totally. on their, their mm-hmm. comfort level. But like, I am not the person that like, 
can be cold hearted. And it drives me nuts. Like I had a friend once who, when I was back, when I was doing photography, they, they were like, yeah, yeah, we want to support you. We want to support you. We'll hire you at some point. And then like three weeks later, they post these photos from a photo shoot they did with another photographer. And then I go, I thought you wanted me to come do the photos, your family photos. And she's like, well, I didn't want to mess up our friendship. What if we didn't like it? And I'm like, so you tell me in one breath that you want to support me. And then in the next breath, you go behind my back and go with someone else. Like, I don't care if you don't want to hire me because we're friends. Fine. But be honest and upfront about it. When I talk about a special I'm doing, you know, don't, don't like, tell me, oh, you want to hire me and then hire someone else. Yeah. Don't bullshit me. Yeah. yeah don't bullshit me. Like literally, you know, and, and, and I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with somebody saying we can either be friends or business associates. We can't be both. And I'm like, okay. Um, and, and I, you know, of course I will tell you every time someone says that when I choose the friends, we never stay friends. And when I choose the business relationship, it doesn't work out. <laughs> so somebody like that just doesn't click with me. So many, so many of my close friendships at this point in my life are because they are, are my present clients or because they became my clients at some point and we just hit it off. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible. I mean, I, I have my business partner, right? One of my best friends, right? My, 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 one of my other best friends is, uh, we've never done business together and she's very much, I think she has that um, that, that boundary, right. Where she doesn't want to mix the two so much. Um, and, and I respect that, you know, um, and, you know, and, and then I have my sister who we've done business together. We are sisters and we are best friends. Right. So those are like the, these really like really interwoven relationships, but then beyond that, it's the people I'm doing referral work with. It's the people I'm doing client work with, right. or it's the people that I'm doing like coursework with, right. right? You know, very like the, you know, the woman that uh, leads our, um, our sex ed class uh, utilizes one of my products, right? right? Yeah. And, I, and I find that some of my, my best and most growing like relationships are the people who are engaging in my product and I'm engaging in theirs, um, right. regardless of what the product is. I have so many of them, Jesus Christ, right? And that's the thing. It's not that like, maybe, maybe you don't have a product that necessarily works for me, but mm-hmm. the fact that I'm open to seeing if there's a product that works for me, yeah. you know, maybe I don't have a service that you need and maybe you do need some branding work. I don't know. Maybe you need you know, uh, an assessment of your business plan. You know, those are things that I do for people. Like maybe you do need that, maybe you don't, but I'm not in a relationship with you to sell you that. If it comes up and you go, hey, I actually do need that. And we, yeah. and I, you know, and we work out a, a, a deal. And I'm also old school in that I, I'm okay with exchange of services mentality. Like, you know, if, if, if somebody just legit doesn't have the extra dough, well, what can you do for me that would be equal, equal value? Like I, I'm actually um, talking to somebody about potentially helping them, you know, do the branding for their business. And he is also a masseuse. So like, I'm like, well, yeah, you can give for every hour I work for you. You can give me. I will barter with a massage therapist any day (laughs) of the week. All right. 
any day of the week. I used to barter. I bartered for years with a massage therapist and it was just one of my best bartering partners because I didn't understand her. She kept coming. She kept coming back to get her ass kicked. And then like, I, I'd get a massage out of it. I thought it was a crazy exchange, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that because like you, you're at a beginning part of your business. You don't have the money to necessarily give me cash. And I don't have, you know, like I can't keep up paying for these massages that I actually need that, so yeah. I can win. So yeah, but uh, looking at the clock, a pop-up just came up to tell me we, we're actually over our time because we're <laughs> Yeah, no, when you told me a half hour, I was like, that's never gonna happen, but that's okay. <laughs> doing too bad. We're, we're like 10 minutes over. Okay, oh, that's better than I've had conversations that went an hour and ten minutes. So like we're we're, we're, all, we're all well like, because we both have appointments after this. It's <laughs> like there it is, you know. Yes, yes, exactly, and and yeah. So it, since we're nearing to the end, is there any last thoughts that you want to share with the listeners, as well as you know how they can find your your information? Yeah. I mean, I just like, I'll just riff. I have no idea what my last thought is until it comes out of my mouth right now. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a really... good, that's a good lesson actually, you know, that sometimes that, that fits with the theme of the show, life's a blank, you know? Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, some of my most genius moments have come out of having no idea what was just about to come out of my mouth. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, all I'll really say is, um, when you're thinking about your, your own personal, you know, wellness, healing, transformation journey, um, you know, make sure to bring your body with you, right? So frequently we are focused on the cognitive, like restructuring that it takes in the world of transformation or the spiritual journey that goes along with finding transformation and shifting, shifting patterns and all of that. And, you know, the vessel of those items is the body and the body is our connection to the physical world. And so you cannot, you cannot find that full level of transformation without bringing with you the embodiment piece. And I'm just, I am on a, I am on a spree to spread the word that the body cannot be separated from these journeys. And Hey, guess what? One of the awesome things about working through the body in these journeys is we don't need to know the whys behind things uh, in any way. The body just knows what needs to be released once we can get so closely in tune to it that it leads the way for us. So that is, that's a lovely thing. And we can change our patterns inside of our bodies. And when we change a pattern anywhere in our life, it has a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And so what if your access point was actually your own body? And that's, that's what I'll say. That's what I'll say about that. And so you can find us at comfyfitness.com. We have um, 11 classes right now that we run weekly that include everything from clinical essential somatics to Qigong, to restorative yoga, to a really difficult yoga class, to fitness, to intuitive dance, to tremoring. Um, there's tons to, to choose from and you can pay anywhere from $0 to $93 for the uh for the membership so come on in 
Well, I can tell you listeners, I'm going to become a member, even if I can't necessarily afford yet the $93 membership, uh, I'm going to start off with the zero membership and, and check some things out. And, and as I can afford it, I'll up that because I believe in paying what, you know, it's worth, but I love the, the, the model that you've got going on. And on that note, I will say that it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Kira. It is an absolute pleasure every time we talk and, I know. and your voice. And it's so, <laughs> um, I'm glad I'm not tired at the moment. We would have been talking and I'd be like snoozing away. <laughs> not because yes, she's boring, but because she's calming. There's a difference. Which is wild to me, right? Because I'm such an energetic person. And it is funny because my voice does, it drops when I start to teach. And I think that like, it does have an effect on people. Oh, so calming. It was like a beautiful experience. Um, But on that note, folks, beautiful listeners, I hope you have an absolutely beautiful day and enjoy whatever comes next. Dojo-kun character books are fun fictional children's picture books with the right amount of weirdness and character building. And the can-do karate kid Makoto brings laziness and procrastination with him everywhere. That is, until he realizes these monsters are ruining his life. This book helps kids learn to defeat laziness and procrastination by using karate power. And the two true karate kids, friends Makoto and Michi, both want a dog. When one of them cannot have a dog, the dishonesty monster pushes them apart. This book helps children fight dishonesty and value honesty. And the follow-through karate kids, Makoto and Michi, dream of painting a mural at their dojo. But every time the kids move toward their goal, the quitting monster attacks. This book helps kids learn to use hard work and perseverance to achieve goals. Learn more at jennifertolgogger.com or order at Amazon, barnesandnoble.com or at bookstores. Hello, hello, hello. This is Bonnie Jean Alford, the identity guru host of Life's a Blank. And yes, you're listening to an ad for my own show during my show. Ah, I've become that person. How crazy. I want everybody to listen, to enjoy the show, but also consider contacting us to ask a question for our segment on Ask the Expert or suggest a guest or be a guest yourself. Reach out to us at asktheexpert at theidentityguru.net, A-S-K-T-H-E-E-X-P-E-R-T at theidentityguru.net. So reach out, contact us, check out our past episodes and enjoy life every single day. And of course, listen to Life's a Blank.
frantic running from silence. The speechless fool 